This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is your host, Sean Daly. Well, I'm really excited about today's episode because we have a very special guest for you. As the granddaughter of famed author Ernest Hemingway, one might assume that today's guest simply had her fame as a birthright. However, actress Mariel Hemingway established success in her own right at the age of 13 when she made her film debut in Lipstick. And four years later, when her work in Woody Allen's critically acclaimed film Manhattan earned her an Oscar nomination. She has since made 30 films as well as numerous television appearances in both series and as host of various environmental and humanitarian documentaries. At age 47, Mariel has become one of the most active celebrity voices in the area of healthy and sustainable living. As part of that role, she leads wellness retreats all over America where she shares her insights about movement, home, silence, and nutrition. Her third and most recent book is entitled Mariel's Kitchen, Simple Ingredients for a Delicious and Satisfying Life, in which she offers ways for active people to eat in a healthier and more sustainable fashion and turn their kitchen into the heart of their home. Her latest exciting project is also named the same, which is Mariel's Kitchen. It's a company that will produce real food products with what she calls a real-life message. Mariel is the mother of two daughters, Dree, 22, and Langley, 20, and she joins me now by phone. So, Mariel, first of all, welcome to the program, and thanks for being with us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I had a lot more fun preparing for this interview than I typically get to have uh, in preparing for interviews <laughs> because that involved uh, a lot of cooking from your cookbook. My, your, my uh, wife and I decided to make a number of recipes. Okay, I'll be honest. Actually, she did most of the cooking in this case, and I did a lot more of the eating. Uh, but we <laughs> a lot more of the tasting. Well, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed as it. As long as she enjoyed making it, it was easy. That's good. Yes, yeah. And well, and I did some prep cooking, so I certainly assisted. But but uh, it, it was great. <laughs> it was an interesting way to get to know a guest through, uh, the, in this case, the, the cooking and, and the writing. I mean, the writing is amazing in the book. It's not a typical cookbook, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, it, it, it's just really an amazing book. And, and just from a recipe standpoint, um, we made a few things like the mixed spice nuts from your basic section. We had the almond and garlic crusted chicken breast for dinner one night, which was delicious, and cauliflower leek and jack cheese soup. And then another night, uh, buffalo meatloaf, which not, the kids and I both loved, and that's actually a new household favorite. That was a really amazing recipe. And baked sweet potato nice. sticks and, oh, yeah, roasted tomato soup, lots of great recipes and re really enjoyed it. And one of the things I really enjoyed about the book, Mariel, um, is the seasonal layout where there's an emphasis on, on choosing things that are in season, and really that ultimately means you know, foods that not only that we're supposed to be eating, but also lowers the, the carbon footprint, obviously, as well. W was that a big part of the design of the book for you? Well, that's a huge part of kind of my passion in life, is really to to get people more in touch with the ritual and ceremony of eating, which which people sort of lost track of, especially in this country, because we're, uh, you know, we're so fast-oriented, and we're, you know, everybody 
believes that going faster is better or we're more productive and all these things, and I think it's really to the detriment of our health. Um, so the, the book being seasonal really was about, you know, making people more aware of, number one, where their food comes from, that eating seasonally is really more healthful anyway, and number three, but maybe number one, is the fact that it, do, it, it does lessen the carbon footprint. I mean, you know, in the middle of in the middle of winter, you really shouldn't be eating berries that come from Chile. It's really wonderful that we can get them, but also our bodies really don't inherently like things that are out of season. It's colder now. The foods that are seasonal, you know, root vegetables in the winter and, and things like that, more stews, more more kind of heavier food, is really what the body craves because it's a time of hibernation. You sleep more. It's, you know, and seasonal really is a, is about tuning into what's healthy on a, on a deep level. Now, I'm curious too. You've written uh, several other books, and what, what called to you to make this your your next book? What was the original inspiration that said this this needs to be my next book? Um, well, I wrote the, I wrote Healthy Living from the Inside Out prior to this book, and. Basically, food is such a big part of people's lives, and, I, and it's a huge part of my own life. Um, you know, I grew up in a very foodie household, kind of crazy household. You know, they drank a lot and so much stuff, but they thought about food a lot. My mother was sent to Cordon Bleu to learn how to, to, learn how to cook, and Julia Child was the maid of honor at my parents' wedding in oh, Paris. Wow. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a house that focused on food, but... What really got me is that when I started to have my own, you know, when I had my own family and, and raising them and feeding them and all that stuff is that food was a substitute for love in my home. And, and food, I wanted food to be, I wanted food to come from love in my, in my own home. And there's a difference, you know, when, when you're substituting food to make you, to, you know, to feel a hole in yourself. That's very different than actually, you know, sitting down or standing and preparing food for for the for the greater good of yourself. Number one, and then your f- friends and family. Number two, it it's so it's such a different feeling, and it changes your whole outlook on life. It really focuses you, makes makes you more self aware. And then, you know, the other part about the book is like uh, starting to become aware of of literally where your food comes from. You know. How long is is it from field to table, from farm to table? What is the literal distance? It's why I encourage people to go to farmers markets. I've, been, you know, I'm I'm a car, I'm a I'm an owner of a of a local farm because I really feel it's important to model a healthy lifestyle and a connection to where your food comes from. Very very important. And that seems to be a central theme in, in this book is the closing that spiritual and physical gap between uh, ourselves and our food that has, has come about over the last you know 40 or 50 years or so. Um, and I actually want to read a passage from the book that, that talks about this too. You, you say, uh, food is such a beautiful part of our lives. I, I want to invite people and myself to gracefully find a way to turn food into a valued ceremony that enhances our lives on every level. I'm going to skip ahead here. But um, when food is overindulged in, it takes on the qualities of master and slave. Food becomes the master and the eater becomes its slave. With that, there comes the constant need to please. You become split within yourself. Instead of being true to your essence and your nature, you serve your outer self, the one ruled by food. 
Food can come down from the realm of regal master and become our inner essence. Everyone benefits. So I thought that was, I mean, that just is indicative of the kind of writing that's in the book. It's it's very inspirational. It's not just a cookbook, and I want people to know that that are, that are listening in today. Um, but, in, you know, also uh, it might sound odd to people to say that this is a book that has a spiritual message. But, um, you know, I guess we should expect nothing less given the writing lineage that you come from. Oh, oh you're sweet. Well, it's important to me. I mean, I don't know about the writing aspect. I'm, I'm writing self-help, and I'm being very careful <laughs> to stick with that genre. But, um, you know, when I think when you write what you're passionate about, and, and this is what I'm passionate about, that it comes out in a way that um, will touch people. Because I think anybody who has something that they're really focused on and that really comes from their heart and they really know a lot about, you're going to make yourself understood in a special way, because there's creativity to passion, and and I think that that's, you know, that that helps. Now, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, so, and what is your, I'm curious, what is your own personal favorite recipe from this cookbook? Do you have one? Well, you know, because it's seasonal, I'm always digging the season. I'm like, yay, it's, you know, it's winter, you know, but last summer when I, or when the book first came out was May, and so all the spring recipes were like so exciting to me, and I love, um, I love that you can make a souffle, and it actually works, and it's beautiful, and it tastes really good. So that's, that's a favorite of mine because it's easy, um, and people always get scared with a souffle, and yeah. I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination. I'm like like everyone out there, I like to sit down and I just make things that that you know, speak to me. I had to get somebody to help me. I mean I have this wonderful woman, Denise Vivaldo, who helped me with the recipes because when it comes to cooking I'm not really like, oh, I know that there's half a cup of the, you know, if I have to re- my blisket recipe I had to show her. I said, this is how it feels <laughs> after you've made it. And she's like, no, half a cup here. I said, no, no, no. This is how it feels. So she had to figure out a recipe because I wasn't very good at that. But to me, it's about playing with ingredients, you know, really. Because, um, you know, when you eat healthy, people initially think, oh, great, I'm going to eat healthy, but all the fun is going to be out of my life. And I was determined to write a cookbook that was really like, this is completely healthy, it's gluten-free, it's sugar-free, um, and there's nothing that's not real in the in the book, never putting saccharin or sucralose or whatever, you know, fake something is out there. You're using real ingredients, real seasonal ingredients, and playing with them in, in a way that that is delicious. It should be easy. It should be delicious. It should be fun to be healthy. I'm, I'm tired of it being kind of this drudgery thing that you do and, you know, January 1st and you're on a, you're on a mission to lose weight and then you throw it away in two weeks because it was hard and it didn't taste good. It should never be like that. Real food should be the tastiest, most delicious, most appetizing food on the, in the world. And I think that's one of the neat things about the book is that you are combining the, this bringing us closer to food. And obviously there's a healthy aspect, but also for people, rec- in, you write in recognition of people's busy lives and that this can be done. This can be fit within a normal schedule and it's not going to take over your life because some people are afraid of the slow food movement because they say, well, you know, I like the idea, but I don't have time. And so this kind of uh, feels to well, me like a balance. It's a misnomer, the, the slow food movement, because slow means take 20 more minutes out of your day. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it really doesn't take that much more time to not put something in the microwave and just put it on the stove or in the oven. It really doesn't take that much more time. And, you know, when you put something in a microwave, you turn it into a carcinogenic, you know, chemical. I mean, you turn a vegetable into something that's not good for you. So people say that, and it's, it's really about planning ahead, you know, really shopping for what you want to eat, maybe you know, one farmer's market a week so you can really plan a little bit. Not totally, but it's it doesn't take that much more time. And if you think about all the time you waste in life, you know, we, we spend a ton of time watching television, television shows that are mindless and they don't really even entertain us. If you can take, you know, a half an hour more out of your day and that's really all it takes, that's not that much for your health and well-being. It, to me, it's like it's a small sacrifice. Yeah, and, that, no, and that's a good, important message for people to hear reiterated, too. So, well, we're going to take a quick break here on Green Talk Radio. We're talking today with Mariel Hemingway, and we'll be back, and we'll be talking um, a little bit more when we get back about um, social media and your journey from ho- the world of Hollywood celebrity and fame into the world of healthy living. I want to thank everyone for listening in today, and also some thoughts while we're on the break is you can follow Mariel on Twitter as Mariel Hemingway, M-A-R-I-E-L Hemingway. And you can also find her on her website at MarielHemingway.com or MarielsKitchen.com, uh, specific to her new company, which we'll also talk about uh, after the break. This is Sean Daly on Green Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And we're back on Green Talk Radio. We're talking today with Mariel Hemingway. And we are, we're talking before the break about um, the cookbook, the new book, uh, which is called Mariel's Kitchen, Simple Ingredients for a Delicious and Satisfying Life. And Mariel, I wanted to ask you a little bit, if you don't mind, just a, a little segue over into uh, your background. And, you know, it's interesting, I think, because you started in this world of Hollywood celebrity. You, of course, starred in Woody Allen's famous film Manhattan in 1979 and another film before that. And, and that's obviously you know, coming from the Hemingway family. Your life has been surrounded in fame since birth, literally. Um, how did you sort of make this transition into the world of healthy living and, and yoga and um, those kinds of things? And, and what has that journey meant for you and your family? Well, it was, I mean, I, I talk about it often that, you know, I come from a really amazing creative family, but they were also a little bit unstable. I think everybody's <laughs> family is unstable. Of, you know, there's a lot of addiction. And here's the deal. I think everybody comes from a little bit of that or maybe a lot of that. Yeah. And it's just about going, you know what, this is where I come from. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that for me, you know, my sisters were more addictive and they had a lot of trouble with drugs and alcohol. And obviously my, you know, my middle sister, Margot, killed herself. And there's a lot of trauma in the family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that I was afraid of. There was cancer. My mother had cancer. I was her primary caregiver for, for most of my childhood. Um, my sister suffered mental illness for many years. Drug and alcohol abuse sort of brought it on. Um, my father had heart disease. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff. Um, not, that every, not that everybody doesn't have that kind of stuff in their family, but my reaction to it was, I'm going to survive this family. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to survive. And so for a lot of years, it was about survival. It was about uh, how do I get through and dodge the bullets of my genetics. And what I realized in this journey of trying to survive, that there was something deeper. There was, you know, yoga taught me a deeper message about being present. It taught me 
a deeper message about connection with myself. Um, and then as I got deeper into that, you know, I realized that food was more than just the substitution for love or it was, you know, it wasn't always about being the skinniest or the most whatever enticing person in, in the business. It was more about really how you felt each and every day. And I started, you know, it took years, you know, I'm in my late 40s now and it took me years to really understand that it was the everyday, which I really worship the everyday uh, things that we do um, for ourselves. I worship, I, I really enjoy all that stuff, and I realize that those, um, that those things are really part of a greater picture of somebody's life. And, and, it, and it was the simplicity of life that really moved me. Because I came from such a kind of crazy household that... It was finding those simple things that we do and really making them ritual. It's kind of a mind, you know, the Buddhists would call it a mindful practice that when you wake up in the morning and you make tea, you do it with a sense of humility and mindfulness. And I believe that that should happen throughout your life in, in all aspects, whether, you know, whether it's how you prepare food to how you move your body, that's very, very important to me, how you connect with nature and in what ways that you do that, how you breathe, what kind of water you drink. I mean, the next book that I'm writing with um, my partner, Robert Williams, is is called 99% Space, and it's about, you know, reversing the aging process through connection to nature, through the food that you eat, through connecting to the food that you eat, through understanding where things come from, from the kind of exercise you do to adventure, all these things that actually... You know, there's a there's a there's thousands of things that, that help you to live better, and that's what we're exploring in this next book that I'm writing, which is just a deeper version of the of the same thing. But those are the passions that have that pulled me through kind of a childhood fear into a life a lifestyle of being really excited about my life instead of being afraid. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Mariel, I also know that you're very really right. long answer. <laughs> no, it was a perfect answer. I, I appreciate it. It sounds, it sounds like your household is a lot like my household in uh, in New Jersey. I should say my my cousins and uncles and aunts' house in New Jersey is quite a quite a chaotic thing to walk into every summer. Uh, yeah, and so I, I like the, what you said about just needing to survive this family. I think I think everyone at some point in their life probably has that that exact thought. And uh, well, we're, we're, we get to be the benefactors <laughs> you know, of the journey. It's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. Yeah, you know? it's, just, it's, it's like well, it's yeah. like you say in your in your Twitter bio description, it's just trying trying to survive in a crazy world. You know? um, right, exactly. So I, now switching gears completely, I, you're very active in social media, and um, you have a very large following on Twitter, over three hundred and fifty thousand followers, uh, as well as on on Facebook. You have a very large following, and one of the things I really appreciate being sort of a social media maven myself is um, that you're you're very genuine, very authentic in your presence on on these social media outposts, and really are interacting. It's not just a vanity page to talk about what you do, but you actually are interacting with people at a very high level. And uh, people, it's not like it has to be somebody with a hundred thousand followers. I mean, I just saw in your Twitter stream, you were interacting with a girl who's a teenager in another country who has like 200 followers. And so I, I really appreciate that. And on your Facebook presence, it's not a fan page. It's like actually just a you, it's a you page. It's your account. Um, how did you first embrace, decide to embrace social media? And has that been an important factor in your recent successes? Well, I have to really be honest. I did Twitter just as a like, I didn't even know what it was. And um, my producing partner, because I'm trying to put together, I'm putting together a show um, 
for my partner and I, a health adventure show, and he said, you know what, get on Twitter, you've got your book coming out, I think it'll help, I was like, I don't even understand it, blah, 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 and then I kind of became obsessed, which I think everybody does in the yeah. beginning. Like, <laughs> Twitter crack. Oh I mean, I would get, you know, 20 followers, 100 followers, I think we had a party at a thousand, you know, it was <laughs> like, yay! And then it started to skyrocket. I think I was put on some, like, Twitter recommended list, and, and, and it really, um, you know, it put the numbers into the, what it is now, 350,000 or, or something. And um, I really feel that, you know, because I believe in connect connectivity and I believe in the community, and I really, even though I'm really private, I'm not, you know, I'm not the kind of Hollywood person that, goes to events and does all kinds of stuff. But I really believe that what I'm doing in my life needs to be shared, not because I'm doing it and I'm so wonderful, but because what I'm doing and I've had a lot of experience in life makes people healthier. It's made me healthier. And that's why I like sharing it. So I don't care how many followers somebody has. And, you know, I think they've eliminated the celebrity recommended list because people are getting upset because, uh, I guess, celebrities don't follow other people. I wasn't actually following that many people, but I would still respond to people as they talked to me. I just didn't, you know. It's just this understanding that it's a community, and it brings you closer to people. And I think that when people understand that a celebrity, whatever that means, is real and human, and especially doing the kind of thing that I'm doing, I think it can be really helpful and healing to people. You know, yes, I want to use it for my business, and I let you know I once in a while tweet about my book. But honestly, more importantly, I like the connection. I like knowing, and I learn from others. You know, but I like, I like being able to share this new knowledge, or actually old knowledge, with people in this kind of way. I think social media has a powerful place. I'm not as good with Facebook. I, I forget to go and update a lot. I tried to. I think I'm connecting my Twitter to my Facebook, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is my authentic, you know, thing. And on Facebook, it's me, um, which is probably why you know I can only handle one social media overwhelming me, and that's probably Twitter at this point. But I think it's a. It's, I think it's a powerful place to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, it is overwhelming even for people that don't have as busy of a, a life as you have uh, to, to manage all of that. And so I certainly commend you in the way you have been managing it because it isn't easy. And I know that being the manager of about eight different accounts. So, well, Mariel, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing the information uh, about your life and, and about the book and uh, really have enjoyed uh, uh, reading it and cooking out of it. Uh, and again, just really appreciate you being on the program with us. Oh, I, I love I love talking to you. I, I'm so glad that we did it. Remember, it's um, when you spell Hemingway with only one M. Right. <laughs> I will. I will. I. I could never forget that because your grandfather is my favorite author in the world, and I grew up. Oh, I that's was, awesome. Yeah, There's so. a lot of people that don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah. No judgment. But anyway, thank you so much. It's been really, really super fun. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. My guest today has been Mariel Hemingway. She's an actress, author, and healthy living and eating advocate. Her third and most recent book is Mariel's Kitchen, Simple Ingredients for a Delicious and Satisfying Life. You can follow Mariel on Twitter as Mariel Hemingway, and remember that spelling that she just pointed out, uh, or via her website, MarielHemingway.com, and the book's website is MarielsKitchen.com. Thanks everyone, and we'll see you next time on Green Talk Radio. 
Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.